0: Well, hello, everybody, and thanks for being a part of our service and our community here online. As I am just coming back from a a few weeks of vacation, it is good to be with you all once again. just want to tell you one thing I did on my vacation, which I'm not sure was much of a vacation, but I had the privilege of driving across the country to take Sophie, our middle daughter, back to college for her sophomore year at Belmont University. It sounded like a good idea before her freshman year when I said she could take a car to school next year if she did well and had a job and all that other stuff. But boy, did that come quickly. So here I was driving her and her sister because she made her come along for the ride across seven states in three days. And honestly, we had a great time because we chose to make it a great time. It was really just an adventure of of driving and seeing and music and eating. And we went to a restaurant in Oklahoma City that was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. And and let me tell you, this place, it was a dive. And we waited for about an hour to get into this hole in the wall. And I started thinking, as a kid, I remember growing up in the Midwest and, and, and going to rest, restaurants like this. And the common question asked by the hostess when you went to a restaurant like this was, not only are how many in your party, but do you want smoking or non-smoking? Now, that hadn't been the case in a while. But now there's something new happening, at least in the Midwest. There's a social distancing section or a non-social distancing section. Now you tell me how that works and why they think it works indoors with this crazy pandemic and you might be able to get a job with the CDC. But we chose, just so you know, the non-social distancing section. And I didn't get COVID, so all is good. And I want to tell you, my steak was fantastic. And you go, well, why do I tell you that story? Well, as I had a lot of time to think driving in that car for three days, and as we traveled across these seven states, and as most of us know from traveling, each state is vastly different in its terrain, in its laws, in speed limits, and now in the way they're actually handling this pandemic. See, we pulled into Arizona, and it was just a totally different world than California. Restaurants actually had people sitting inside of them. It was awesome. New Mexico, masks were everywhere. And in fact, their governor has said that masks will probably become a common sight after a vaccine is found. Stay away from New Mexico. We crossed into Texas and then got into Oklahoma, and this sign right here grabbed my attention. State law, slower traffic, keep right. Oh, I love that. If you know my aggressive driving style, you understand how I don't support slow drivers in the racing lane, I mean, in the left lane. Get out of my way. That sign and that law is awesome. And I wanted to bring it back with me and put it up somewhere on the 55 freeway. Anyway, we crossed into Texas and Tennessee and gas was $1.85 a gallon. Are you kidding me? And I remember just saying to myself, man, I wish, Our gas was that cheap. And then I went, Man, I wish I could eat inside a restaurant. Then I went, Man, I wish that was a law in our state where slow people get a ticket and thrown in jail. Man, I wish, and the list went on and on of what I wish. And as I was praying and thinking about our church on that drive and thinking of you, there were some things that I wish for in this season coming up, some things that I am hoping for, even though those things are way different than what I was hoping for back in January when 2020 began, I have some hopes and wishes and dreams and prayers for you who call yourself friends. And that is partly why we are in this series called I Have Decided, because so much is being decided for us and not by us. And honestly, we have a really hard time with that, don't we? So we've tried to help you see what God's word has to say about how we should live, how we should act, how we should love in this season, and how you, how you can determine your future right now today with the decisions you make with Jesus at the center of your life. Today, um, I came back and I read the schedule of what I was supposed to talk about. And it was the subject of being generous and how you should put God first in your finances. And although it is really important, and I thank you for your generosity in this season and and pray you continue honoring God with your finances in our ministry here. I just really felt like God wanted me to go in a different direction and speak to you about what it means to be generous, but generous with something a little different. I felt he was telling me to, to impart to you what it means to be generous with the grace and love God has generously given every one of us who follow his son, Jesus, and have made him the savior and center of our lives. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm inviting you into something I have decided for myself and how I want to live in this season, no matter what is swirling around me in this world. And here it is. I have decided to be generous with the love and grace God has generously given to me. I have decided, to be generous with the love and grace that God has so generously given to me. Which brings us to Paul. He's writing to the church in Rome. I wanna invite you to grab your Bibles or your device and turn with me to Romans chapter 12 as, as we kinda unpack God's word today. And so Paul starts right here in verse one in this section and he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And today, um, as I already told you, this is not a message about God's will for your life but a message about experiencing the love and grace of God so others can experience that love and grace through you. But let me just say, for that to happen, you must be willing to give over your life fully to God to experience all that God has for you. God's will for you, it's not hidden. It's actually not hard to find. And honestly, it's not tough to discern. And Paul just says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to offer yourself. It's the first step to say, God, I am yours. I am pursuing you and a relationship with you, and I am giving you everything I am and everything I have. Step one, he comes and he says, listen, be transformed. That word comes from a word in the Greek, metamorpho, which we get our word metamorphosis. See, you are a work in progress. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, amen, you are a work in progress. Go ahead, do it right now. And some of you, you're a piece of work, but you you are a work in progress. And you should be, or you should desire to be changing, to be more like Jesus each and every day, not conforming yourself to the world, but actually being transformed. How? Paul said, by the renewing of your mind. I love what one translation says. says it this way, what's more, don't let yourselves be squeezed into the shape dictated by this present age. Instead, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can work out what God's will is, what is good, acceptable, and complete. Don't be squeezed into shape by something as worthless as the world. But it says, be transformed. See, God's will comes from knowing God. It comes from being with God and Him conforming your thoughts and your desires that will not only reflect Him, but honor Him in all things. That's why the psalmist wrote chapter 37, verse four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, when, when you delight in him, that means when you enjoy your time with God, when you step into that relationship, learning and growing in him, he will change. He will begin to change the desires of your heart to align actually with him and his heart and his perfect plan, not the other way around. See, you wanna know God well, it would start with actually being in a relationship with God and then giving yourself over and allowing Him to guide and direct your steps. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, not good luck finding your way. He says, No, I am the way and the truth and the light. So He says, Hop on for the ride of your life. Trust my ways. My heart, my plan is for you. And His will, it's just not complicated but it takes really two S words that we struggle with a lot. And those two words are surrender and submission. God, I am yours. I give everything over to you. And some of you right now, maybe out loud, maybe under um, your, your voice, just say, God, I'm yours. Maybe today you just needed to be reminded that you are a child of the King, that you were bought with a price, and you were bought because of the great love God has for you. God, I am yours. I was having breakfast with a, a new leader that just came to Orange County and another pastor this week. And she said something that I totally agreed with when she said it. And I said, that's kind of me. But she said, I am a, a windshield leader. I'm not a rear view mirror leader. I'm going to honor the past, but the view I have is out in front of me. I want to know what does God want for me and from me next? And that's really what Paul's saying in this scripture. He's saying, hey, I want you to keep this in mind. In view of all that God has done for you by sending his son to save you from your enslavement to sin rescuing you from death and saving you for eternity. In all your rebellion, he has come to reveal himself in you and in me. And Paul says in view of all of that, how awesome and undeserving we are, but he says in view of that, now here, here's how I want you to live. Here is what it means to move forward in view of the amazing gift Jesus has already given to you. You wanna do God's will? Then you better have a good view of God so in Christ, we, though many, we form one body and each member belongs to all the other. Paul says, hey, listen up. By the grace that was given to me, I'm coming to you. And I'm saying this to every one of you. Less of you and more of him. Less of you and more of him. And you might say, well, Matthew, what does that look like? not to think of myself more highly than I should. What what would that even look like? Well, we know something. It it took Paul for God to come and and, and to meet him and to blind him and for him to turn away from his life. God had to get his attention before Paul ever turned his life around and turned it towards him. What does it look like for you? Well, I think it really is just like Paul being truthful about who you really are to have an honest look at who you are through your lens. I want you to think about what you would be like without Christ. Think of what you are with him in your life right now and what he's done for you. But what would you be like without him governing your life? Scripture doesn't want us to look at ourselves, and God doesn't in humiliation, but he actually wants us to look at ourselves in humbleness. And as we view him, it should humble us. There's an amazing scripture that describes our savior, and it helps us understand what he is calling us to by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Paul says it this way in in Philippians. He says, in your relationships with one another, here's what I want you to do. I want you to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, Well, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He says, in your relationships to one another. Paul says this, hey, I want you to have the mind of Christ. I want you to actually offer yourself to God. That, that's what he said back in Romans. That's your spiritual act of worship. And then he comes and he says, listen up, everybody, don't be full of pride. And what he says to me a lot is, Matthew, you're not right all the time. You need to, to remember to humble yourself because Jesus made himself nothing. And by making himself nothing, what he did was he served. So less of you and more of him. And then ultimately, he humbled himself on a cross for all mankind. There was a sacrifice, was the center of his ministry. And he comes to us and he says, sacrifice. That's at the very center of who we are as followers of Jesus. See, our mission at this church says this. We are becoming a community of authentic Christ followers, compelled to change our world. So if we want to look like Jesus, if we want to reflect Jesus in this world, if we want to be a church, that just doesn't live for today and just doesn't live to get back together and meet, if we want to actually represent Jesus, then what does he say? He says, give everything, surrender and submit. Hey, listen up, Christian. You don't have any right to be full of pride. Less of you means more of him. And sometimes it means that we're humble enough to sacrifice our rights for the betterment of others. Huh. You see, that's what it means to be a community of authentic christ Christmallow. That's what it means when you make a decision, I believe, like I have. Because I've just decided that I wanna be generous with the grace and the love God has so generously given to me, because in the end, that's what's gonna matter. In the end, that's what's gonna draw people to Him. In the end, that's gonna set our church apart as something that is authentic and real. And when God starts to do something in us, it compels us to go out and be different in this world. See, Paul starts this little section that we've just read out of Romans by saying, for by the grace given to me. So what is grace? Well, this acronym just spells it out pretty simply. It is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches have been given to every one of us at the expense of Christ on the cross. I was thinking about a a hymn that we sang when I was growing up, and uh, it is well with my soul. And I love this verse that says, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. Listen to this, my sin, not in part, not just the past, not just the present, but everything, every sin, everything you've done against God, every part of rebellion, it says not in part, but the whole. See, it is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. And the writer said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all my soul. God's riches that have been given to you through Jesus Christ. See, the creator of the universe has given to you and for you everything for your enjoyment. And the scripture I was gonna use for today as we were gonna talk about generosity of finances speaks to this and speaks to us. So let me just tell you what it is. Because see, the creator of the universe has given to you and for you everything. And as I look at this scripture, it begins to speak to me and begins to help me understand. Because in context, Paul says to Timothy, he says, command. He doesn't suggest, he doesn't say this is a maybe. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain. And here's the part that ties into us today, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He says, when you put your hope in God, what he's really saying is, he's commanding us to raise our level of loving, not our level of living. See the riches of the creator given richly over to you. And he's done it because of love. And as we go back to Romans chapter 12, verse four continues in this section. It says, for just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same functions, so in Christ we, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Someone said, we err when we neglect either aspect. Unity should never be promoted at the expense of individuality. And individuality should never diminish the church's essential unity in Christ. He is our common ground and we are one body in Christ. I love that phrase, each member belongs to all the others. Each member sacrifices for the betterment of the other. The book, uh, Irresistible Revolution, It tells a story of Mother Teresa. And as the author met her one time, he was struck by something that had to do with her physical appearance. Oh, many people said she glowed when she walked around the room. But she was just a short, wrinkled, precious, little Henri, maybe, but a wise old grandma is how he described her. But he noticed her feet because her feet were deformed. And each morning, the author said he would stare at them as he looked at Mother Teresa. He said, I would wonder if she had contracted leprosy or something else had happened. And one day, a sister explained, you see, her feet are deformed because we get just enough donated shoes for everyone. And Mother Teresa doesn't want anyone to get stuck with the worst pair. So she digs through and she finds them for herself. In years of doing this, well, that has deformed her feet. Years of loving her neighbor and putting them before herself have deformed her feet. Sacrificing for another, that is who she was. But isn't that who we're called to be? See, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense, given richly to those who are created in his image. So really, church, what do we do with this word today? How can it change our lives right now, right where we are? Well, I have a few things for you. Remember, as I was driving across the the country and started to think about all the things that I wished were different, most of those things, honestly, they just didn't matter. They weren't that big of a deal. They were all part of a lesser story in comparison to the story that God is writing throughout history that you and I, as his followers, get to be a part of. But see, my wish for you is that today, some of you would actually make some spiritual decisions for your life and the life of your family and will tell the greater story of God right now, right where you are. And two phrases I want you to remember from our scriptures today. In view of Christ is the first one. I love how that started. In view of Christ's mercy. And then how it ended. Each member belongs to one another. Those two things, in view of Christ and each member belongs to one another. You see, the world around us loves to force us into disunity. So we must look at everything in the view of Christ and for each other. Because if we keep our eyes down here, we will begin to become divisive because that's what's going on out there. And a few weeks ago, I preached about that. I preached about what's going in for many of you is starting to come out and division begins to happen and Christ comes through Paul and he says, listen up, you are one body, I need to invite you in view of what God has done for you, looking forward to what is ahead of us. I wanna invite you today to make a decision as one of your pastors. I don't wanna wish anymore. I actually wanna see Jesus come alive in your life. I want you to live the abundant life that he calls us to in scripture. And so today is your decision day. We all know falls on the horizon even though it's 100 degrees right now. Now most of our kids have started school and it's different because most of them are still sitting at home. And the world is different and it's just gonna be different. It's not gonna be normal, whatever normal is for a while. But I just want to tell you, that's not an excuse to make some spiritual decisions today. See, I've decided to be generous with the grace and love God has so generously given to me. And I want to ask you, will you say yes to that decision today? Will you actually, if you say yes to that decision, will you tell somebody about that so they can hold you accountable? See, one thing is many of you are getting more and more comfortable with being isolated and that is not a good thing. And inviting somebody into your life, inviting someone to help you be accountable, inviting someone in view of God's mercies to help you walk as Jesus wants you to walk is something you need to do. If you don't have someone, we can help you and that's why we are here. But see, we wanna be people that are generous with our grace and our love. And to do that, you're gonna have to actually re-engage with Jesus. So I'm gonna ask some of you, there's a second decision that needs to be made. I'm gonna ask some of you to make that decision right now to re-engage with Jesus in this season. For whatever reason, you've just kind of become sidetracked. It's become an afterthought. You maybe have been overwhelmed, fearful, whatever it is, that is the greatest reason to turn back to God right now today. And I wanna give you just a few quick ways to do that. One of those ways is Rooted. If you've been here for a while, we talk about it, and Aaron talked about it a little earlier, but it's a 10-week spiritual growth experience, and it really helps you in your relationship with Jesus Christ to be healthy and vibrant and moving forward in view of who He is and what He's done for you. That next session is going to start on September 15th. Go to friends.church. You can sign up. We would love for you to be a part of that. It's going to start online. Hopefully, we can move into to to being in person, but... Join a Ruta group if you haven't. If you have questions about who God is, if you have questions about fear or why all this stuff is going on in our world, or, or who's Christ or what does the Trinity mean, or who's the Holy Spirit, Alpha is the place for you. September 22nd, that starts, and, and it's a group setting and love to invite you into that. And then also, um, many of you have just kind of maybe tuned out You haven't been being serious about watching um, online and I get it, it's hard. It's not the same, but right now it is what we have. And there's a couple things that are coming, but I wanna tell you about watch parties. If you're in a group, if you're in a life group and you haven't gotten together as a life group, I'd love for you to do it safely, but you need to be in community. And so can I encourage you to take a step towards community, not away from it? The second thing, if you uh live in the Yorba Linda area and are part of our Yorba Linda campus, on September 12th and 13th, we're gonna be starting services under the big tent. And we're gonna have uh, another way to, to come and, and to worship. And we're gonna try that for a little while. So we'd love for you to get in a group. We'd love for you to be at a watch party. And if you're comfortable, man, we'd love for you to engage back here if you can at the Yorba Linda campus. If not, online's gonna be there. But those are ways for you to connect and re-engage with Jesus. And the last thing today as we wind down, this is really just part one of this talk, because I talked a lot about the grace, I wanna talk about the love next week. But I I just wanna remind you that we make our choices, or our choices will make us. And I just wanna say to you, choose today whom you're gonna serve. Make some decisions today, so that when you look back in a couple of months, you won't be saying, man, I wish. I wish I would have decided to center my life around Jesus. I wish I would have truly taken hold of the life that he has for me. I wish I'd have joined a group. No, don't be wishful. You can make that decision today. Decide whom you will serve. And I just promise you, you won't regret that decision one day of your life. Don't miss next week as we talk about what this love really looks like as we seek to share Jesus around the corner and around the world. We have told you for the last four or five months what we are doing, and we've tried to keep you updated with next steps. But next week, we wanna dive into why, why we've made the decisions we've made, why we are doing the things we are doing and other churches might not be, and why we are looking forward with great anticipation that God is gonna do something in and through this church. And I would love for us to come together as a church and decide that we're gonna be people that are generous. We're gonna be people that are full of grace and love, and we are gonna be known by our mission because we are actually becoming a community of authentic Christ followers. And because Jesus has done something in us, it has compelled us to go and change the world. Can't wait to join you next week. But before I close and we sing one more song, will you just pray with me? God, thank you. Thank you for your great gifts of grace and love that you so graciously gave to us, dear God, by sending your son Jesus to a cross. And in view of that sacrifice, may we live our life. In view of your humility and considering yourself less important than anybody else, God, you went to a cross and you humbly died for every one of us. And we stop in this moment, as Kyle told us last week, just to be thankful people. And we stop and we say, thank you. I thank you for this church. I pray right now some people will make some decisions. Some people will re-engage with you, Jesus. I pray that they will decide to generously share your love and grace this week. That God, that that will be something that just kind of oozes out of them because they have re-engaged with you and you are transforming their minds and their hearts and they are delighting in you and you are directing their paths. So God, I thank you for Friends Church. I thank you for what you're gonna do in our future because we're looking forward because you have something great in store for us. And I thank you for this season as hard as it is and as hard as it's been, God, we, I believe, are gonna see some great things happen because of you. So God, today, um, we just say again, I pray, I'm yours. I surrender, I submit my life to you and your plan. And I ask that you would govern everything that we say and do in and through this church. And God, may we be people that the world sees who are really far from you, but may they see people who are full of grace and love and they know something is different, not by what we say, not because we've come together and have met, but because we have actually gone out into this world and it has changed for the better because of us. Thanks that that's our call. Thanks that you empower us by your spirit and thank you, God, for loving each and every one of us. It's in the powerful name of Jesus the name that is above every other name. We pray all of these things. Amen.